welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Load Management Edition. Coming off his finals MVP, Kawhi has convinced me that it works. I am Josh, the vanilla load management gorilla here with Jay, load management Mac, and Kyle, load management beast. <laughs> you boys feeling rested today? Rested. Rested. Feeling great, man. That was, a, uh, that, was a great, that was a great intro. I was about to ask you, I, I wrote that down that I wanted to talk about load management because I knew you, you were ready to go on for that about <laughs> 10 minutes on that. Yeah, we should have known he was going to hit that no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was very nervous about that one because I was like, I'm going to screw this up and say, like, I'm going to stutter throughout this entire thing. But no, you killed it. I once, I think. No, so, you killed thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Continue to suck me off. Um, but, <laughs> um, this really will be the last Got his second finals MVP. Where does this put him for you guys? Um, all, like all time status? I don't know. Because I still think I need time to digest that of where I, I think he's at all time and where I think he's at right now. Does he change any? Does it change anything for you of how you see him? Not. I mean, yeah. For uh, I me, mean, it does. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this out of him last year. I was talking a lot of shit about him last year when he, because yeah. well, I thought he was really, you know, kind of fucking the Spurs over, but maybe there was some legit legitimacy to him staying out and then playing 60 games this year instead of 82 because he didn't get injured in finals going back to the load management theme. But, I mean, right now you've got to say he's definitely top four at the absolute basement in the league. But he's – Oh, for sure. Probably Strong top agree. two or three. Strong agree. It doesn't cha- – like, I knew of his – I mean, I've known about his greatness since his first finals MVP. I think it surprised us all a lot about how he treated the Spurs overall. Yeah, but, but it's different seeing him do it without like Duncan and Parker right. and Pop. Like it's Nick Nurse and Siakam and Lowry, and it's just like less proven guys. Even though I think those guys all really rose to the occasion, maybe even more so above their the ability they thought they could bring it to. I mean, Kyle Lowry in the last game yeah. we'll get to it's insane, but like these guys, I think their confidence rose when they had Kawhi there, and just seeing him take that presence from San Antonio to Toronto, given all that he's gone through. Uh, tells me a lot about him. So I think even if he does leave this team, which would be kind of crazy to leave after a finals, I think he'll take that same kind of like attitude and swag to the next team that he goes to. Yeah, I got about that. Yeah. It's hard for me to say that Kawhi has any type of swag, but New Balance swag, he's got like a different it's brand. Win- of- it's winning swag. <laughs> no, yeah, I no doubt about that. That was, just, that was a joke. It, here's, here's what it felt like to me, his first finals MVP. It felt like four different people on that team could have won the finals MVP. This one was far and away, maybe between him and Kyle Lowry, um, but it was it didn't feel like See, he had I the could best. Have won the MVP as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I I kind of look at for me a Finals MVP. I almost think of it more of a, as a most outstanding player, like they do in the NCAA, where it's who really carried that team from beginning to end. Of it probably should be Kawhi then because of the defense. But if you're talking about like who outperformed the most, it's probably Van Fleet. Like outperformed expectations. I was ready for him to get the. The Bill yeah. Russell Trophy, too. Yeah, it definitely uh, sucks that we can't make fun of Kyle Lowry anymore as far as not being <laughs> clutch. I mean, kind of screwed us over on that one a little bit. But, I mean, good that on was, him. That was all my uh, – all of everything I had to make fun of. Everything, actually, that I've said previously has been wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> This puts Kawhi in a group of 11 people that have won multiple finals MVP. Willis Reed, Kareem, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Hakeem, Tim Duncan, Shaq. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. That's a pretty good freaking list. Yep, sure is. This this puts him wow. easily in the point of in the conversation of great top twenty greatest players of all time, maybe even top fifteen greatest players of all time. 
top fifteen. I'm not ready to go there. He yet. needs a he needs a regular season MVP before he's there. Yeah, I think so too. But he's, I need just a little more a little more longevity as far as consistency goes. Like if he puts up these kind of numbers two to three more years, yeah, he he he'll be top ten probably when it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't have any. Problem I think with that's that. really possible. Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna be really interested to see where that falls. I think we talked about it last episode. I, I really think that I need to let this finals breathe a little bit and just be able to look yeah, back on it. Like I agree. That. Top uh, thirty. I mean, he's in the top thirty, no doubt. It's just oh, yeah. where where does he fall yeah, there? Yeah, he's probably, and honestly, from that list that I just read, there's only one person that's not in the top fifteen, and that's right. Willis Reed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. true. So I mean, that's pretty. That almost writes itself right there. Uh, right. Right before we came in here. This might have been the best timing I've ever seen for a trade. <laughs> Anthony they Davis knew. finally right, finally traded the Lakers for an absolute haul. They moved Anthony Davis for Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and three first round unprotected picks. Three. Including you read that correctly. this Yeah, including this year's number four. Unbelievable. It's insane. And you know, Justin, you kind of originated this thought on the on the pod and I jumped on it, and I think Josh did as well, that they should have taken the original offer that the Lakers gave him in the middle of the year because they were not going to get that offer in this offseason. They were going to get pennies to the dollar, and they ended up getting probably equally as good of a package. I mean, you're talking about a former number two – two former number two overall picks, which may not ever be on an all-star team, but they're they're good players that one of them might be good enough. You get Josh Hart, who's a nice young player, and then the fourth overall pick, you got some. You got some flexibility this year. Absolutely, and they don't want to hold no. on to those picks either. So they're going to try to move some. I mean, they've got Zion coming in, so they're going to try to package those and get those somewhere. It's already being floated around. They've got the number one and the number four this year. That yeah, was uh, that, four. Yeah, that was absolutely. my bad take originally. So <laughs> I appreciate you trying to make me look better and dumping some of my bad stuff onto Justin. But yeah, I don't think I said that. <laughs> that was my bad take. But I yeah, I saw this. And I was like, what did they originally offer to him? Because they offered Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Ivaka Zubek, and two first-rounders. So it's kind of like this might be even. Honestly, that that was five first-rounders and then another, like, two first-rounders, you know? So I don't don't know. It's it's pretty even. I never thought that they would get close to what they just got. I I agree, especially given that it's a one-year deal. The only thing that I keep grappling with in my mind now though is that is this a better deal for the lakers ultimately because one they're going to be able to go out and sign a big name free agent like kimba and that's certainly going to be their goal but Mm -hmm. two is i mean is it really going to matter that is it he just going to resign an extension anyway you're talking about rich paul here he almost has to know he's been trying to get him to the lakers this whole time so you, you almost have to know he's going to re-sign an extension if you're giving up that much for him. So I think ultimately he's going to re-sign there. So that that makes this trade pretty even. It, it's a lot for the Pelicans, and I ultimately feel like the Pelicans won here, but maybe not. I, I think know. the Pelicans win because, I mean, AD's going to, like I said, most likely go there in a year. The Lakers are basically giving up this huge premium to expedite it for a year. So I think they're giving up too much, but it's justifiable because LeBron's, you know, his peak, the peak of his powers are really closing in. And I mean, he's yeah. in, in the final couple of years of his prime. And I think just getting AD in, in there a year earlier is worth giving up a lot of assets, which they unfortunately had to do. But I mean, you keep Kuzma, which is retaining him is big because it, having him and AD out on the floor gives 
LeBron a lot more flexibility because both those guys can score, you know, score in space. Right. And remember, we're living that, in the the age of load management now, so you got to have the. I mean, no, but seriously, you've got to have those solutions for those nights when LeBron's going to need to sit. Correct. Yeah. Like ultimately, like I don't think we're going to see nearly as much of LeBron resting on the court in these coming years as we have in the past. It's going to be more of him sitting out nights. Yeah, he's going to play sixty five to sixty six games probably. That's it. That's the perfect spot for him. Boy, I think Paul George signing with OKC has set more reverbs through the the NBA than just him signing with OKC. I don't think they would have been so hard up to make this trade had Paul George gone to LA because they were so positive that he was going. And then they said, "Oh my gosh, he didn't come to us. We've got to get somebody into our into our uh, locker room unconditionally." I think that's what happened. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And because they, they know they have, because LeBron can force himself out of a situation if he really wants to, right? So they know they got to kind of make him happy. So you give up all these assets to get AD. But the fact that they have, you know, the ability to add a max too really does make it interesting to catapult them to a contender because they kind of already are a contender, assuming LeBron and AD are still who we think they are, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think just with them on the team, they're especially with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And Rockets potentially breaking that situation up. The Blazers don't threaten you too much. So, I mean, I think the West is going to still be really competitive next year, but I think this makes them a. What happens if you have Kawhi and the Clippers to deal with at the same time, though? That's going to be difficult. That would be a problem, but they're still instantly like a top four team with AD and LeBron in the West. Hmm. I think they might be the favorites in the West. Right, they're a top four team, though, for sure. You yeah, know. oh, for sure, for sure. What I'm saying is, like, I, I do think, like, the only other team that could be a favorite over them, to me, right now, maybe Denver, depending maybe. upon depending Jamal Murray. They, depending on what they do in free agency. Yeah, so. and depending on, on Jamal Murray's, uh, yeah. how much he progresses over one year, over the course of the summer. And the, but they're going to have Porter back, too, so they're going to have that extra pop that they didn't True. have before. Yeah. True. Paul Millsap didn't. Ops out of the $30 million deal, that'd be nice, but that's probably not going to happen. No. Uh, Can't say so I blame him. Who, who, while we stay <laughs> on the Lakers thing, just real quick, though, who do you guys like, since they have the ability to add a max player, who do you like? I mean, is I know the name Kimba's been floated out there. It's Kimba. You just mentioned it, Justin. It's certainly Kimba. Who else is it? Kyrie? Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. I can anyone, see them doing that. Anyone that can move off the ball and knock down threes. Like, I don't like putting another ball-dominant person on that team. I don't like it. Jimmy Butler would be an interesting fit. Depend- who would run point guard, though? Because you run him at two, LeBron at three, Kuzma at four, and AD at five. Who do you run at the point? I mean, somebody that can knock down threes. Yeah, get Della yeah, Vadova back in there. You somebody know, that can knock down threes. Like, let LeBron run the point. He's a point forward anyways. He's very ball-dominant anyways. That's true. Just get two, um, wing, two wing guys that can play defense and shoot threes. Yeah, exactly. Like, positionless basketball, baby, right? I, mean, I would have liked Josh Hart hit. staying in that role. Oh, for sure. Kuzma is going to be out there too. Positionless load management basketball. That's what we want. Yeah. So what I'm seeing basically on Twitter is that it doesn't look like the Celtics even felt like they were ever close on any kind of deal for for AD. The one thing that Danny Ainge made very clear in this trade is that Tatum was a non-starter. That they're not dealing him, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, that means that he's... Man, I really don't know how aggressive they're going to be this offseason, but they're going to need to do obviously something to figure out the point guard situation, but they're going to it's going to be some semblance of running it back with like Mike Conley next year. And especially now that they were out of the AD sweepstakes, that's going to be 
I don't think that's that bad of a situation, though. I don't think Dude, so either. Brown and Tatum. Nice. Yeah, with Conley at point, Brown and Tatum continue to improve. Hopefully, Gordon Hayward, you know, has the kind of Paul George, you know, Effect. long recovery. Yeah. Mike where he Conley kind of gets back to that level, and then you still have Horford there, right? And you have Mike Conley, who's a veteran leader of the, you know, who knows how to lead a team. And he's a true point, and those guys kind of need that. Yeah, he's a, he's not a better player than Kyrie, but he's a better point guard for that team than Kyrie for sure. Right, on even, and off the court, better defender, better facilitator. You don't need scoring on that team. Like he's just all around better for that team. He plays within the system. Yep. Um. So- also, he's a veteran, like veteran actual leader. He's not a dude that's going to try and convince young people that their earth is flat right. and then talk about how how bad they're playing around him. Um, Mark so- Stein just reported that the Lakers are making Kemba a top priority. I don't necessarily like that. I think there's better options out there for you. Chris Unless, being one of them. Yeah, that's true. Unless Kemba commits to being you know, a shooter and really working on that part of his game because he's developed a shot a lot in the league if he continues to do that. He's a hell of a shooter, yeah. 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 He, really he needs to work is. on moving off the ball. Yeah, being a catch-and-shoot kind of guy, kind of like Steph coming around those screens. He's short, you know, so he can come around those screens at a low angle. Because, like, the reason why Ky- Kyrie and LeBron work so well together is because I, I put Kyrie – like, Kyrie still took touches away from LeBron because they're the same type of player and that they have to have the ball in their hands to create. But Kemba's not as good a scorer as Kyrie. That's true. Like ISO score, right? ISO score, yeah. Yeah. So I think Kyrie averaged more points than him this year, but he also got more touches. An interesting question on this whole thing, too, is this is is this the first time in a very long time that LeBron's playing with people that are like someone that's better than him? I mean, yeah, since Wade. First yeah. time ever. Oh, better? Yeah. First time ever. If, yeah. if AD is better. Right. I mean, it's I was, that's debatable. I'd probably say it's hard to say just given that he barely played last year. Yeah, and LeBron's not playing as much defense anymore, which was really what made him just far and away the best player in the league. Like, he could do True. everything on offense, and then he was a lockdown defender. He's not playing as much defense anymore, but his offensive mind and the way that he runs a team is just unbelievable when he's on the court. Um, so he's still – he might still be my best player in the league. AD's a better asset. LeBron might be a better player. Because AD, yeah. AD could stay there seven years. But yeah, this is the best, by far the best player that he's ever had on his team since Wade. Um, if not the best player that it's he's the ever best had player he's ever had yeah. on his team, I think. That's saying a lot. But do we want to say anything else about that before we kind of move on to the finals? I mean, it's, it certainly is going to make things interesting. I think that means Kawhi comes to the Clippers and the West is just going to be ultra competitive. But the, I think the Lakers are automatically in the mix. But what, what do you think? So on the other side of that, let me ask you this: What? What do you think the Pelicans try to bring in to put around Zion? I mean, if you're going to package that four and get it on out of there, what else? I mean, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you got to think about bringing in someone like a Bradley Beal or something like that, right? Yeah. Has yeah. it been? Yeah. Has it been reported that they're going to try and package the deal or the four? Yeah. It yeah. has. Mm-hmm. They're I, almost man. certainly going to move it. Yeah. I wonder I, if you could move that and another another future pick. With somebody else off their roster, I'm trying to think: is, is do they still have Julius Randle on the roster? Or is he a free agent? Free agent. He opted out because you want to ideally keep Zion and Drew Holiday if you're going to try to make any noise. Correct. You're probably not going to make noise yet, but you've got to yeah. put some pieces around. And I mean, 
I, I'm fascinated to see what kind of trade packages are going to be coming up here in the next few days. I haven't really had a chance. I mean, this literally broke 15 minutes before we got on the air. Yeah. So, like, I haven't right. had a chance to really sit down and, like, put together some packages. But I'm sure that I'll, I'll put together some things and see it. I will say this, man. I've been saying for months that I didn't think that th- it was going to take this much to get it done. Ultimately, I really feel like the, the Lakers overpaid here. It really I really feels do too, but it, it's I, I still commend them for getting the deal done. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're going to strike out, and it's funny that after all this shit goes on and Magic's out the door, that the Lakers finally just kind of quietly button up business and and just get the deal done. Agreed. And alert, and well, alert on our phone. There was no talking about it or anything like that. I personally don't think the Pelicans have to go out and get anybody because they're going to have Zion come in and average 30, 15, 15 on 50, 40, 90. <laughs> right? So what do you really need? Yeah, just God damn it. I hope he goes I hope he goes for twenty and ten next year. That's all it'll take. Twenty and ten and Josh is bit bought in. I'd yeah. I'd I'd be surprised if he went for twenty and ten. Josh, but every time you wish against something like this, it blows up in your face. Just don't <laughs> don't do it. I think it'd probably be fifteen and ten, maybe twelve and ten. He's going like twenty five and fourteen after you just said that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I just cemented your your legacy is the Zion caller, dude. You need um, to start get you need to start getting like one percent of these guys' contracts, and then just talking mad shit about them, and that way you get paid every time this happens. Because <laughs> you would be yeah. you'd be rolling in cash. I need to be an agent. Is yeah. what needs to happen. I I do I, want to talk about those contracts for sure. So let me ask you guys this. I mean, so when I did, you guys catch the Sports Illustrated article this week about Rich Paul? Yeah, you sent well. You sent it to us. I saw it, but I didn't read it. Yeah, so it's really damn good. It's uh, I think it's funny, man, because I think what he's doing is just disrupting the lo- the normal landscape, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel good, you know. And yeah, he doesn't give, give a crazy. shit. I don't think it's good whenever you have an agent being the most influential person in the NBA. I get that, but I think that's just where you're at with having a superstar like LeBron. I think it doesn't really matter who's attached to LeBron James. It's, I mean, that's kind of the case no matter what. He's going to want that guy to be aggressive. And, I mean, yeah. just because that's not how it should be isn't, I mean, that's those are the unwritten rules of it, right? But, like, Correct. that's kind of what Rich Paul's going against, and that's what doesn't feel right about it. And it's hmm. it's really interesting when you think about the fact that, I mean, he's a power dude, but, like, he's actually not even the, like, top agent out there. No, not at all. He's he only just, got like 14 the clients. Ego kind of drives me crazy because it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, he's not a, the top agent. It's just the way he carries himself. Like, he comes off kind of like a dick. So, I just don't like, I don't understand why he's in, you know, all these alerts that I'm getting. Like, I really don't give a shit what he's saying. I was like he, how this deal was handled, though. Was he originally LeBron's friend and when he was younger? Or how did he come up? Was he an agent when LeBron came in the league? Or how did he it's something get like that, that, right? Yeah, I think he was LeBron's agent on the old, uh, it was like CCR or something, the old, uh, it's what Paul George is on, I believe. And yeah. he split off and did his own thing. So there's okay. kind of bad blood there. And he created Clutch. And LeBron okay. went in there. Okay. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Schwartz. The whole way. Dude, so he's the number four agent as far as like salaries that he's negotiated. He has 18. It's still pretty good. 18 players. Jeff Schwartz is the number one with 34 players. Damn. That's a. Let me let me read you just a couple of these. Blake Griffin, CJ McCollum, Nikola Jokic, uh, 
Drummond, Whiteside, Kevin Love, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> you know how shitty players play yeah. a lot of money, man. Yeah, but it's freaking good. But he's also <laughs> got he's got Chris Middleton, Kimba, Dwight. You know, fucking Drummond deal. I mean, yeah, but think about it. Those are all going to be max guys at some point. Like that's that's <laughs> smart, dude. Crazy. Yeah, I know. He's your Edward Jones. Like he's like, I'm not going for A tier, <laughs> mate. I'm I'm going for B tier superstars, oh, right? Man. Wow. Good lord. Pretty wild though. Pretty wild <laughs> that his influence is that huge overall. I think it's I, I've started to kind of turn my my feelings about it a little bit, and now I just kind of think it's funny. Because I mean, no matter what, it's gonna happen, right? I mean, it just kind of is what it is, and it's gonna be great to watch how teams react because teams are just gonna be doing ludicrous shit like this that's gonna just put it in absolute jeopardy in the long term. And they're gonna get away with it. It's gonna be great to watch. Great entertainment. <laughs> so last time we talked, it was after game five. We were hoping to get a game seven, um, which I think would have happened if Clay didn't get hurt. But let's talk about what we saw, what we saw in game six. I mean, and we'll start there. I mean, you guys both think Clay stays in the game, they win? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Because when he got that dunk, it was where did that put it? They were up one or two, I think it was. A, it was basically a tie game, but I just liked the way it was going for Golden State. The crowd was still in it, and every time Clay got the ball, I was like, "This guy's going to score." Yeah, he, was, he went nuclear. He was going nuclear. I mean, he had thirty, and it wasn't quite the end of the third, so he yeah. was going to score forty points probably in that game. Yeah, he was and cooking for sure. Was really important. Iggy was man. Iggy stepped up too. I mean, they got all the contributions they needed to get with the hurt KD. It's just once Clay goes down, that's just you can't overcome that, right? Like. They and even, Steph didn't play particularly great. I mean, I thought Clay was the best player on the court, definitely in game six and probably game five, including Kawhi and Steph, just for those games. But he was, and nobody watches him lock down the other player on the the best player on the other side of the court either, too. Well, um, it's funny though. Be, well, it's funny because I mean, to Josh's point, you have this whole argument where it's like the stats been running around. It's like in the last twenty seconds of game and game, you know, finals games or whatever. He's 0 for 7 and, you know, game winning clutch shots or whatever it is. And it's like, well, yeah, but he put up 41 other points. So, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. you know, and, like, I, mean, I, I get it's that. It's clearly but, going to him. So, a lot of those looks are, are tough shots, too. Right. So, I love that argument. But, like, the other side of that is, like, I, I just, I, I feel like that discredits him a lot in that case. And, I, but I just, his clutch playoff numbers are good. It's his clutch final numbers that are not good. Correct. Yeah. Clay had, when he went out, he had 30 on 12 shots, shooting 67% from the field. Steph finished the game with 21 on 17 and shot 35% from the field. He was averaging 2.5 points per field goal attempt. Jesus, dude. We need to look into how so many... Good. We need to look into how many times he dribbled the ball in that case. Because remember, there was that one game he where didn't he didn't dribble the ball when he tore his ACL on that play. He should have fucking put it Dude, down on the deck once. That was the worst <laughs> thing about that play is that was something he never does, and he got he hurt doing it. Going, like even the way he like caught it was like running was like he was maybe a half step ahead of himself, and like his legs looked like they were not stabilized when he no. went up for it. And I like Danny Green barely touched him. You yeah, know I mean, no, like, for I sure. Yeah, that wasn't malicious. Yeah. yeah. It's just Danny, bad, bad luck. I didn't think um, it was an ACL tear when it happened, though. No, I mean, the most confusing part about it was the fact that he <laughs> left the game. It goes to commercial break and comes back and well, he's at the line. And the you're like, that was bizarre. <laughs> what the hell? I texted you guys. I texted you guys and said, that's an ACL tear. Like, yeah. yeah, you did. You sure did. I thought it was MCL because of the inside. It looked like yeah, it looked like he was right. Yeah. But a lot of the times you have a 
you know, I've never torn my ACL, luckily, but, you know, I've heard that you have the so much, you know, uh, adrenaline built up from the game that you can actually walk for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Like some guys, I'm sure back in the 50s yeah. and stuff, they finished games with torn ACLs and didn't even really know it, you know. Right. He's a gamer and he was ready to go and he was going to try to play, you know, boogie fouled and got him. They got him out of there. But I think he was going to try to play with that. Was Dude, he was, bad. man. Like he was trying to. He was trying to run back. He was like jumping on it and stuff. That guy is a baller. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have so much. I think he's my favorite guy. player in the league, dude. I think he is for me, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I think definitely. I finally he's getting which is there. like it's perfect because all my teams constantly get just get their heart broken, right? I, I've claimed it's a curse. I've been talking about this curse for about ten years now. I finally admit on national radio that Clay Thompson might be my favorite player in the league. He immediately gets an ACL. Immediately. I swear to God. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> but I, I think, think what happened the Cowboys this year. What yeah. yeah. I think what happened was he was walking back to the uh, locker room and Bob Myers walked into the locker room and was like, I'm not shedding any more fake tears. You better get your ass back out yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, they cut the cameras off and Bob, Bob just started slapping him in yeah. the face. Like, get your ass out there, buddy. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely what it felt like. But he, I, I will say kudos to them for catching the fact that he actually had to shoot those free throws because that was a well, like a little known rule that would have cost them a, a chance. There. Amen. So yeah. good on them for realizing that. But I mean, so regardless, he was going to go back out there and shoot those free throws. I think that's what threw a lot of people off. He nailed yeah. those two free throws, too. Like, he sure he's did. I can't say And then how. he ran back to the other side of the court. Like, <laughs> right. he was gonna go play defense. And when they got him out, he, he slapped the floor on the yeah. ground. Um, but it, it, that game had a lot of weird vibes to it because at the beginning, Kyle, you know, Kyle Lowry comes out and goes for what, like 11 points in the first four or five minutes. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah he was cooking. He got to 11 yeah, in like three in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, you're sitting there going, they're not going to win this game if he's doing that. Cause you know, Kawhi and Siakam are going to do their, you know, come in and do their thing. But Every time it felt like Toronto was getting on one of those runs where their ball movement was too good and Golden State looked like they just didn't have enough quality bodies out there, Steph and Clay were hitting big shots to keep them in it, or Draymond would get a turnover. And, like, that's where I really think the momentum in the third quarter swung in their favor. And I think that it looks different with Clay in there. I think it goes to game seven. And yeah. all respect to Toronto because they earned it. And I, I'm, I think I was bigger on Toronto on the pod than anybody. I mean, I've been back in this team, so I'm glad that they came they in have. and won it. But – uh, with KD in there, you know, and that would have been so fun to watch him go one-on-one with Kawhi. I think that's a 4-0 or 4-1 series, but, you know, that's if they, yeah. if they don't get hurt. It's just kind of a weird a weird finals. I will say, though, that the Raptors tried to piss that game away a couple of times. They really did. That's they really like did. The like Green throwaway at the end when Draymond was ooh, about to, like, wrap him up. It was ugly. I didn't foul them anyways a little bit, and but Danny Green just throws that away. It's like, just given given that to Steph, giving him that shot is that's just bad basketball. Yeah, yeah no, it it's not great. And I think like it really came, I mean, they still stayed competitive in the fourth quarter even after Clay went down. They really did. It it really kind of I mean, it was only a four point game at the end, wasn't it? So I mean Yeah. I mean, it was two yeah, I mean it was two points. Steph shot the three, they he missed and they were fighting for the offensive rebound and then Draymond calls a timeout when they don't have it. So it was it's one twelve, one ten. It was right there. And boy, did you think he was gonna hit that three when he shot it too? Because that just Dude, was, yeah. I he's did. hit that ninety nine times out of a hundred. It's a pretty so good that goes on to the uh Draymond getting turnovers in the last few clutch minutes. That goes on his resume. That timeout without a timeout. Yeah, he had but he yeah. had a lot of turnovers. Dude, he does that all the time. It'll be like great the entire game and then it'll get in the clutch moments and he'll dribble the ball off his foot. And you know what? 
<laughs> and yell at a ref. Exactly. Yeah. He he tried to get tossed out of the game too. He was <laughs> bitching and Dude, going on as well. He was bitching about calls. He really it was, was funny because we talked about that. How he had six texts. Yes. And we talked about is he just going to be quiet? And I think I can't remember who said it, but somebody said no. He's going to run it up against the against the line because he knows that the NBA won't kick him out. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I, th- I thought the seventh tech was coming. Yeah. I, yeah, it felt like it was for sure. I I feel like the whole thing about this it was a great finals it was a great time to watch i'm glad it went to six games at least i would have loved for it to go into game seven just because that would have been oh boy yeah that would have been something that would have been a breakout for steph that would have been something if he would have been able to pull out of that himself but um it was a great finals overall i feel like you know we all talk about Kawhi. we talk about how lowry finally showed up and all that what kind of sucks is it feels like the Toronto victory is a little bit overshadowed by one Kawhi most likely leaving and two the fact that Golden State had two devastating injuries in the finals two absolute superstars it feels like that like it doesn't put an asterisk on it because they they took advantage and that's how it no, works right it didn't put an asterisk on it no it doesn't no I, I, but it almost feels like it does yeah. but it, it shouldn't feel that way i think in in retrospect when we look back on this in 6 months it probably won't feel that way as much but it just with two players like that going down that was so devastating yeah and i i think that a lot of people are saying that they feel bad for the Warriors fans and feel bad for the Warriors. I don't don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for Bob Myers. I don't feel bad for the Warriors fans. They have, so year one. Right. Yeah. They've gotten a lot of injuries. Year one, they played in the finals with no Kevin Love or Kyrie. Year two, they lost when they played teams that were full, that were full strength in the finals. Uh, Year three, Kawhi went down. Year four, Chris Paul went down. So they've they've benefited from injuries their entire run, right? I don't think they've ever Dude, gone like through. a lot too, and like in a lot of those like first and second rounds, it's been like Dame Lill- Damian Lillard was out, Chris Paul or Blake Griffin were out on the Clippers. Like yeah. they had a, benefited from a lot of injuries. So you know, I feel bad for what happened to Katie and Clay, but that's not an excuse. Like that's not. An excuse. I, I feel bad for Katie and Clay, more so Clay, but. <laughs> um, I don't feel bad for the Warriors front office. I don't feel bad for the fans. Like, you got to see some amazing things. Yep. And, I mean, going back to the Raptors, Justin, I think even if Kawhi leaves, I have to look and see who they have. They have Ibaka and Lowry next year, I know for sure. OG's coming back. Marcus Gasol, I think they're going to have to re-sign, or he has a player option for 24, 25. Yeah, which he should opt into, I would think. Which he would, yeah, because he's probably not going to get that in the open market. But, I mean, they could still have a pretty good team next year, depending if they bring somebody else in. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt about that, but it, that team works very particularly, and it it's almost built for a team, a, a team that's built for a player like Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah, yeah, which is which there's not a lot of there's well, not a lot of Kawhis out there. Yeah, unfortunately, they can't just bring another one in this offseason. That's not really how that works. I saw that it was hilarious after the uh, the game in the Doris Burke interview. She asked him, you know, what this what this means to him, and he was like, oh well, you know it. I think the thing that it means the most to me is bringing it to the city of Toronto. That's really something that they can build off of. It's like they, huh? Hmm. That's hilarious. Interesting. Yep. You just bought a house. <laughs> you funny. saw that plant guy, right? Wait, some what? dude was carrying around a tree, and uh, some interviewer came up to him and was like, "What's with the tree?" And then he's like riding after the game. He goes, "This is a housewarming gift for Kawhi's house in Toronto." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, dude. That's great. Josh, yeah. I would hope that if we were ever in that situation here locally that you would go do something like that because that feels like something you would do. Dude, honestly, I, I just expect none of my teams to ever win a championship. I expect them to rip my heart out every single year. 
I know, but I just feel like you would be good at getting involved with something like that for the Mavericks because you have no like loyalty to them. So you would just like be ridiculous with it. Bring it <laughs> yeah. a tree for Luca or whatever. Right. <laughs> just a mass chaos. Yeah, it, it's really. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I felt like he was staying. I felt like he, I going into the finals. I felt like he knew what he was going to do no matter what, regardless of what happened. And something in me just can't shake the Clippers. It just feels that way. I think he's gone. I think he's out of there. I think so, too. I'll be the first person like any superstar to just leave after winning the finals. But I think he'd go to the Clippers and do it and go do it in the West. And it may be even more impressive to especially with this Anthony Davis move. It's crazy. Yeah. I think that guy cares about basketball more than anything. Or nothing else. Like him and Giannis, I think that they're on that short list. Maybe Embiid, besides like chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream for Embiid, <laughs> but care about basketball over everything else. And so I, I think it's all going to be about where you can win. I, I mean, what do you guys think Kyrie is going to do at this point? I mean, it feels like he's a, a blue chip for somebody. I mean. Mm, that's a hard one to determine. I mean. I think Brooklyn's hot on his list. Yeah, I, I, think I think so, too. I think Brooklyn, and I think, I still think that there's a good chance that Kevin Durant ends up in Brooklyn as well. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It just feels the, that way. It came out that the Warriors' intentions were to well, re-sign uh, of KD opt-in, which well, I wrote, no, I wrote that down because I was told. Both to, of them. Yeah. And they I said they wanted to max both of them. As I was told to do. To remind Josh when that happens, yeah. that although the tax is absurd, it might just happen. So I've gone through my five stages of grief with <laughs> with putting my prediction to rest, which is write this down. If Kevin Durant opts in, Clay Thompson will not be a warrior. The reason why I said that is because if Kevin Durant opts in, they're gonna it's gonna cost them around $150 million to give Clay a max deal. They came out and said they must have listened to the podcast and said, F this Josh guy. We're going to max both of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like verbatim against your take the yeah, next day. It's like, this is insane. Dude, that's like, I don't know what to – here's here's where I'm at. I'm going to show my bias right now, okay? Love it. I'm an OKC fan. I hate what the Warriors did to us. I hate that they took Kevin Durant. I hate them. I hate them so much. I want them to max both of them because you're going to pay $200 million in only luxury tax next year. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're maxing two guys that could never be the same. Max them. Like, prove me wrong. I want you to max both of them. Do it. Do oh, it. If you're man. listening to Bob Myers, please max both of them. That's a guaranteed future MVP for Katie and Clay right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I know that is. <laughs> Splash Brothers 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> No, Max I, both of them, though. Like $200 million in luxury tax. To put that into perspective, the Knicks have play, or paid the most luxury tax since the history of the league. Do you know how much they've paid over the history of their, their uh, franchise? $258 million. Wow. The, the Warriors are about to play $200 million in luxury tax next year if they max both of them. Yeah. I, I said it. Like, it's not that it's not crazy. It's absolutely batshit crazy. But it's still like I'm not surprised because yeah, I, I just, just can't, I can't get past. I, I, I get it, man. It. Like that's the best part about everything that's happened throughout the finals, really throughout the playoffs, is that Josh has been, dude. You've taken so many L's, but you have had some of the best points I've ever heard to back every single one of those things up. They just haven't gone your way. Yeah, it's just been absolutely here. insane to watch. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to like poop my pants on this podcast and have somebody wheelchair me out. Have Anna come into the room with the wheelchair. Because I feel like Paul Pierce after missing all these takes. It's unbelievable. But like you're always well-founded in missing that take. Like it's not that you're crazy for it. Like it's that's the best part about the whole thing is I always walk away saying, you know, I I get what he's saying. I I definitely get it. But yeah, it's, it's crazy that they could consider paying that for for two players that are not going to even play. But I mean, without, I mean, we talked a lot about this already as far as what they're going to do, and we will continue to talk about it. But I mean, they've got a lot of payroll already and not a lot of pieces. So you're going to be bringing in a lot of your rondos and your, God, could you imagine that? Uh, a lot of your rondos <laughs> and your your veteran guys, your Lance Stevensons or whatever you want to call that. Don't bring in Rondo and he'll shoot 45% for the three-point line next year. Probably, probably so. He does not need to be on that team. Because, like, did you – like, the? it was like the play after KD went down. Kyle Lowry was guarding Iggy, and Iggy was in a three-point stance, give him a jab step and pull up and drill the three in his face. And I was like, yeah. what the hell? What the hell just happened? Did he just, did he just take Clay Thompson's, like, talent like they did in Space Jam? Is that what just happened? Because yeah. it's like, geez, dude. Like, that's not in that guy's skill set. And he did it cold-blooded and just drilled it. Just drilled it, yeah. So, like, one thing I want to ask you guys is, what is Boogie's value? And let me put it in perspective in this sense, too. There are 28 free agent centers this summer. What is Boogie's value? There's a rumor going around right now that the Warriors are going to max Boogie. What? No. I'm just playing. That's not not true, but you believe it. You got me for a second. I think Boogie is probably somebody I would do, like, a one-and-one with. Yeah. Because I don't fully trust it. And probably do like, what do you think? A two-year, thirty million dollar deal? Oh, maximum. I was gonna—he's not gonna take five again. He's not gonna play for five million dollars. No, because I was gonna say I'd be comfortable doing three years, fifteen million total for him. But that is, and knowing that you're probably not gonna get a last year. But you talk about how dumb these teams are all the time. Like teams are gonna pay more than five million dollars. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying I don't think that he would. Oh, that's what. Yeah, yeah, that's what you would give him. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely sketchy based on the fact that he couldn't get off the ground. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, for real. But I mean, he's also nice sometimes offensively, though. He looked great offensively. So I mean, I think like he's still gonna be valuable because he's gonna have some more time to to get healthy too. So I mean. I think what makes it hard is just the fact that there's so many free agent centers out there this summer. Yeah. Right. So, who do you guys think will be the the Hall of Famer that takes a mid level exception this year to play for the Warriors? <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to want to. Think it'll be Kawhi or Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that yesterday. What happens if uh, Kawhi just takes like a minimum contract to the Warriors? Josh's head would just explode. You know what I would? You know what I would do if I was the Warriors? I would not sign Clay or Kevin Durant, and I would go after Kawhi. I was talking about that the other day. Whenever, <laughs> whenever we were talking about the stance of the team being like, "Oh, we intend to sign them both," and it's like, "Yeah, of course that is." Instead of just saying, "Oh, you That's got true. you got fucking injured with us," but uh, you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass. You know, yeah, <laughs> they're not gonna take or, that angle. I would sign Kevin Durant to a max, and then trade him for LeBron. Oh mercy, God, dude! I would blow that team up <laughs> I- <laughs> immediately. Steph and LeBron would be a really weird on-court combo. Holy cow, it would be. I, what you I imagine really the looks think, that Steph would get if LeBron was on the court. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I really think what's going to happen with the Warriors, though, is I do think Katie opts in. I think Steph gets re-signed. Think- they pay the outrageous tax. They both sit out this year in rehab. Dude. While Steph probably averages 34 and wins an MVP. And then they ta- But they tank. 
all along while doing that and get like a top seven, top six pick to bring back and run it back in 2021. Zion will go back to Duke for this year. <laughs> and they'll, get, they'll get Zion number one overall next year and he'll average 30, 15, and 15. Dude, because if they just play like Steph, Dre, and a bunch of mid-level exceptions, they're going to be like a bottom 18 next year. Yeah. Kyle, do you really think he opts back in and go in in Oakland? Kevin Durant? Yeah. I don't think there's any way. I think, I think there's a way. I, I, dude, it's probably you, more likely that he doesn't. I, I, but I'm you're probably at like a 95-5. I'm at like a 60-40. Dude, that, there's, that there's injury is so bad. That ruptured Achilles mm-hmm. is bad. I don't think he's going to turn down five for 178 if he gets offered that by the Nets or the Knicks. You can't. You just can't turn that down. Yeah, that the ruptured Achilles is one of the two worst injuries that you can have in basketball. The other one's an ACL. But apparently maxable. Um, That's Dwight Howard, and it's definitely a uh, a rectum injury. God dang it. Glute injury. The six foot ten power. Whatever they they said, they just couldn't say lower back. Yeah, that was so great. Um, Yeah, I'm stuck between, like I said originally, KD opts in if he thinks that he can ever be the same thing ever again. So I'm I'm leaning towards opting in unless the Warriors flip an offer him a max deal, then he'll obviously take that. Sure. But if he if he thinks that it's going to affect him and he'll he won't be the same, then he takes a max deal wherever he can get one. Maybe but I mean, it's, it, I I feel like and you brought up the point, Josh, which is a good point. Like if he thinks that that's going to be the case, fine. And and he's not one to like give up on himself, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I totally agree with that. But like realistically he's not going to be the same like he's he's still going to be valuable because he could fucking knock down a shot from anywhere on the court so that doesn't really matter but like what he did with the torn Achilles yeah right but so I mean that's fine but like his defense is something that's really valuable too and that's not going to be the same and that's what would be my concern and so like that's you know if you think about the left to right thing we talked about that a little bit a couple of episodes ago where you know that's all you're doing on a basketball court that would just be so concerning. I mean, we're trying. We're just now watching Boogie to see how that looks, and right. I mean, Boogie looked. I mean, to be fair to Boogie, he wasn't exactly healthy, but I mean, he didn't look awful, but he didn't look great either. He looks ginger. He looks scared a little bit. The thing is, sure. is the odds of KD never being the same again are really high. But yeah, I agree. With the lack of clear-cut guys in the league that have that ceiling, you have to take the risk on it. If you're a franchise that has no players like that, like the Knicks or the Nets when they don't retain D'Angelo. And I agree with that 100%, but it's crazy to me that you could say the lack of guys that have that clear cut of a ceiling because this is the most talented the NBA has ever been. Like, right. honestly, this might be the most talented that any sports, uh, any um, league has ever been, right? And it's crazy to think that because it's true. There's nobody else that has as high a ceiling as Kevin Durant. He is so much better and can be so much better than anybody else on the on court he just bill simmons one time said that he was built to um score points like a shark is built to eat right so it's like that guy is so good and for what for what happened to him like he could never be the same um it all just depends on how he how he heals he will have two off seasons to come back yeah and i mean that's the thing about it too is like i mean say he takes five years or four years 178 or whatever it was say he does that the max he can get somewhere else like he could rehab and come back next year and still be electric and probably be a, a like make a team a really big magnet for some talent of a lot of guys that are probably going to sign one and ones this year. So I mean, you still have that option. I just feel like that's more guaranteed than anything else. And with a an Achilles injury, you're not guaranteed anything. So I mean, worst case is 
his career is done and he's still getting 178 mil. I mean, that's just, you know, how it's just, I guess, something the Knicks would do. The other thing to think about, too, is that he's 30. He's going to play his next game probably when he's 32. Like, we we look at LeBron and we say, oh, that guy's playing at 33, 34. He's playing at an elite level at 33, 34. There's never been a LeBron. It's not normal. Yeah, yeah that's not normal. Right. There's never been a LeBron. There probably well, never will be another LeBron. Um, 33 is probably about your – god dang it. 33 <laughs> is probably about your, your ceiling for most All-Stars, right? Yeah. So he's getting close. And Kareem, my ceiling, I mean, Kareem and LeBron. I mean, do what? Kareem and LeBron. Yeah, those two guys. That's it. Maybe Jordan, but he didn't look great on the Wizards. Yeah. Um. So it's it's and the, that's the thing with Kobe too is like, just to bring it back to Kobe is he was incredibly efficient for his era, but now people compare him to LeBron, who's the king oh. of all time efficiency. Oh. So. Like those people are uh, idiots comparing Kobe to LeBron. Come on, yeah. I, just mean, dude, I, a lot, I, I think just a lot of people think Kobe is better than LeBron, dude. No, those people are crazy. Those <laughs> people are yeah, crazy. he's not. He's not better than LeBron. He's but what not, I mean is, people think he was, if you look at Kobe's numbers right now, or and from her for his career, and then you look at LeBron James's numbers, you go, LeBron James is a billion times more efficient. Kobe shouldn't even be on the same court with him. Yeah. But you need to compare Kobe's numbers to his era, not to LeBron's numbers, who's in a different That's era. True. An sure. efficiency era. So that was an aside, though. Um, ultimately, Kevin Durant's body should not be compared to what LeBron James's body is doing right now. Kevin Durant is nearing the end of his career, and 32 could be the downhill slide. Yeah. It's a big risk. And, I mean, I think, like, you're always betting on yourself when you're a professional athlete. There's no doubt right. about that. Like, I think he's as competitive. I think he's a basketball guy. I mean, Josh, you followed him his whole career, like, you know, from high school on, basically, yeah. like, he's a competitor at the highest level, but at some point it just makes sense to take the sure thing. That's all I'm saying. Now I, I think it'll, what a lot of it will probably depend on the medical staff that can, you know, what, what that plan looks like. I think Kawhi kind of proved that that's something that players are going to want to see going forward is a, a plan yeah. for major in, injury and how are you going to help me get better? And I mean, I, Honestly, given what I saw overall throughout these finals, he could probably do a lot better than the Warriors doctors because those people are questionable at best. I mean, yeah, they said your killer is chill. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, the you're first good. Man. Cut that he made blew first it out. Cut. He fucking his yeah. leg fell off. <laughs> it was crazy because people bad. were like, people were on Twitter were like. Oh, he looks so healthy after he drilled those first two threes. I was like, oh, those are spot up jumpers. <laughs> yeah, uncontested. Like, well, he going to the rim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uncontested spot up jumpers. He was completely unguarded. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, people were going ballistic on Twitter about that, and then they weren't. I've also loved all the videos of the bars that are like going crazy whenever Kevin Durant got hurt, and it's everybody photoshopping Kevin Durant getting hurt into a bar whenever the World Cup I happened. I know, man. Oh, man. And people crazy. The amount of people buying into those and just making absolute fools out of themselves on Twitter has been great. There was a... There was a um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been like BuzzFeed or someone that was like sitting there arguing with people as they were showing them, look, at there's Manchester flags right there. Yeah, like, Nobody's wearing a jersey. Uh, Raptors jersey and they're like no it's not true like it was bizarre These po people aren't cheering for Kevin Durant's injury like come on what are we doing here yeah exactly they were cheering for they photoshopped that on but they were cheering for a Manchester game yeah I love yeah. the internet <laughs> love the internet yeah, dude, scares me so great yeah man somebody's He's gonna uh, photoshop my face onto somebody that has good takes one day and it's gonna be so weird and I won't be able to prove that it wasn't me for sure <laughs>
God, you know what the best... I, I, I've been thinking about this Anthony Davis thing the whole time. You know what the best part about him finally being on the Lakers is? Is that the rumors are done with him yep. going to the Lakers. I'm so glad it's over, over with. I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah, so I mean, now we just can really focus on the the free agents that don't belong to Rich Paul, and it'll be fun to see <laughs> what happens with KD. Obviously, Kawhi, and but I think it's more unknowns for like your Kyrie's, Kimba, Chris Middleton. Like, we really don't have a, a vibe on where those guys are going to go. Like Kawhi, I think it's one or two, you know, one or two places. Yeah, and we also have five days till the draft at this point, so. That's Thursday, so we'll be back. I think we'll see some that. picks, some trades at the at the draft for sure. I think so too, and I think of anything any other year. I mean, this is the biggest movement that's happened in the NBA since Michael retired. I think. I mean, there's so many people on the move this year. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those things where we're going to see what a lot of teams' intentions are just through the draft alone. Right. So I think after Thursday, we're going to know a lot more and be able to see what teams are kind of thinking. And that's going to be really wild to watch. The Bucks currently have a lot of work to do. They can they have bird rights for both Brogdon and Middleton, um, so they could go deep into the luxury tax and and just pay. They're not in the repeater tax, I don't think. You can't pay Chris Middleton a max, right? You just can't do that. I feel like he's maxable. I, I honestly, well, do. I, he's I think not a super max will. guy, which yeah. he, he he's not eligible for the super max, right? But I think a max for him would be like twenty five, twenty seven. I think. God, I feel like that. that's. I feel like I wouldn't be going more than like four for eighty for him. Like I just twenty. That's that's how yeah. I feel, but he'll get more than that. Oh no, he's definitely going to get more than that. But I just but I'm with you. I, that's where I think his value is. The boogie value is going to be interesting. It could be anywhere from like four to twenty million a year. God, dude, who's gonna? There's going to be a team that's going to do think it. Memphis would go three for fifty on him. Yeah, Memphis will go three for a hundred <laughs> on, on Demarcus Cousins. And have uh, Demarcus Cousins and Chandler Parsons on their roster because they're gonna trade Mike Conley away. <laughs> God Almighty! So I think that Conley deal probably happens before the draft, though. It's got to happen before the draft. To yeah, the, to the, 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 the picks yeah. are gonna all be involved. Are there think, rumors about this actually happening, or is it yeah. just Bill Simmons wanting it to happen? No, no, that's been wandering no, around. Part of that, but it's both. Yeah. It's just a really good option. I think it would work well for both teams. They can have their pick back. Boston doesn't need a bunch of picks. They need players. You can have your pick back. Yeah, yeah exactly. We stole it from you. Give us your all-star and we'll let you have it back. <laughs> Dude. Danny Age is a genius. So, I mean, now that like everything's wrapped up with the season, I mean, it's just kind of a weird finals what I mean, what all we have planned for the offseason? I know we want to do the top 30, of course, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have you know live draft or updates on the draft and free agency on the days that they happen. But I, I mean, we kind of want to break down each team for just a few minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to go through as we get closer to the season what teams are looking like. We'll probably watch a lot of the G League this summer to try to get a feel for some of the young guys and what their development looks like. Because I, I love the G League tournament and everything. I'm going to try to watch that a little bit closer this summer yeah. and uh, and try to really see some of these younger guys that are either just drafted or maybe a second or third year in and, you know, that kind of have to make some decisions about what's going to happen with them and how they fit on rosters and all that. Because, I mean, I think to Josh's point, there's so much talent in the league right now and it's only getting deeper with the addition of a minor league type system. And right. it's going to be... 
it's going to be awesome to see how that forms. And I think I, another thing I want to talk about this summer, too, is I think we're getting to a point where you're going to have to add two more teams to the NBA. You're just going to have to. Great. Yeah, the talent's um, high enough and the market's demand are high enough. There's two more markets you could add it to in the league for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're in the country. There's probably six that you could pick two out of there. So I think yeah. we should do a really uh, an episode of really diving down on that, too. What two cities do you think would get it? I mean, Seattle won Seattle for sure. For sure. Yeah. Seattle and probably Las Vegas. Vegas would be nice. Yep. Vegas would be awesome. Because especially since they have the G League tournament there and everything every year. And they just built the T-Mobile Arena for the Golden Knights, which is a basketball arena as well. So they have Las the Vegas hookers. That'd yeah. be a good name. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, we could absolutely do some... Uh, some naming of teams and we could you know come up with our own help have the fans help us you know all that stuff <laughs> so we got a lot um, of fun stuff this summer we're not going to take as much time off this summer as we did last year dude, vegas would be wild nevada would like make tampering legal oh i know <laughs> and hire match johnson instantly almost certainly <laughs> almost certainly uh, it's funny i was the other night it, this happens to me every year the finals ends i don't usually watch much of the trophy ceremony and all that but all of a sudden, I missed basketball immediately, like immediately. So I pulled up on YouTube and just started watching game one of the 96 finals. Yeah, you said you did. <laughs> yeah. Watching Gary Payton and the like and Steve Kerr and just the whole, it, man, it was a blast. But it was uh, the pace quite a bit slower, though. Oh, mercy. Was it? Oh, one three man. shot in 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, There's just a lot of players that couldn't get up and down the court today. Oh, yeah. They were just dragging ass backwards and forwards it was wild little tony ku coach action oh yeah absolutely you had rodman <laughs> with the wild ass hair and just you know man you think draymond bitches a lot <laughs> we didn't even really truly appreciate the rodman era like that like that dude bitches all the time uh, and then does the what not me thing right. constantly Couldn't tee him up either because his boy kim jong will drop a nuke on you <laughs> exactly. what a strange post basketball story that's so weird yeah but yeah, man, I'm I'm glad basketball's over in a sense that like it it kind of puts a bow on everything and really gives us a reset to hit and really think about what teams are gonna do going forward and everything. But it also sucks because basketball's over. So yeah, but this was a more fun year at the end of the, at the end of the day. You got to be oh yeah, you know, grateful for how these playoffs played out versus last year's predictability. So I was I mean I enjoyed it the whole the whole ride and this offseason is gonna be great too. So. Agreed. Did we Next all end up tying with our uh, picks for the? Me and Justin are tied. Yeah. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Toronto that... brings it back. Toronto. I think yeah. we all ended up tied. We're all tied. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We really need to get better at this. I, I think I. Yeah, I think you guys beat me on the. Um, they're not going to max KD or Clay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I feel like our rec- Kyle and I's records should have an asterisk of injury for clay thompson because we didn't really anticipate that happening or kd yeah. for that matter well maybe a little bit more kd than clay i anticipated one injury happened i'm sticking to that dude you murdered Holding like eight up. players in this series overall <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely murdered these guys so great but yeah i think we'll uh we'll be so the draft is coming up on thursday so we'll be back probably like friday to to talk a little bit about kind of what's going on and what teams are looking at going forward and then we'll be able to really sit down and dive into what's going to happen because free agency opens up like not even a week later like 10 days later so yeah it's yeah. gonna be a bit busy uh, a lot of, of film to walk watch yeah a lot yeah. of stuff you to- can see you can see the start of the zion era i know josh can't wait exactly. <laughs> i think we're gonna need to do a zion tracker next year where we every up 
episode update where we're at points wise and everything. Josh has him at like fourteen and seven. It's gonna we'll, what we'll do is at the beginning yeah. of the year we'll we'll lock it down. We'll say what are what's your prediction and we'll do it that way. Perfect. We'll write it down just like Josh likes. Write it down. Right, here's, here's what I got. Um, Mark it. Final predi- final predictions for Zahn. 14-10 on 55% from from the field. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, less than ten percent or less than twenty percent from the three point line. He will have had a very successful first year if that's what he comes out with. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. I mean, that's what Marvin Bagley did. Yeah. Yeah, Aiton did what sixteen ten and sixty percent. Actually, I don't know if that's what Marvin Bagley did. Let me double check that. Yeah, right. Aiton had a better year than that. Um, Aiton, hey. Aiton had like the best true shooting percentage of all time for for. Hey. Um, yeah, Aiton had a great year. Aiden yeah. defensively will not be as good as Zion, though. Yeah, Marvin yeah. Bagley had had 15 and 8, 50% from the field. Bagley and Aiton both compared to Zion, I don't think will be as good defensive players. Or nearly, I mean, they're, as, they're nearly as good in the open court. They're different. They're, yeah. not as vers- they're not as versatile and athletic, and they're not as good in the open court on transition. Sure, right. They're true bigs. Like, Zion's undersized, so he has to be more versatile, right? He can break, he can yeah. block, <laughs> I bet Zion could block DeAndre Aiton's shot. Oh, for sure. We'll we'll do some official predictions and everything. That way, everybody's locked in everything. But we'll we can hold Josh to that for now. But, Aiton, uh, Aiton went sixteen ten on fifty eight percent from the field. Okay. Yeah, that's I'll set that as the bar for Zion that he'll go higher than. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about Pretty it after bar. the uh, draft on Thursday. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here, and I guess we'll see you guys on uh, probably Thursday or Friday. Do you think Zion will go number one? Yes. Later, boys. See you guys. <laughs> Later, boys. <laughs>